year, Tucson Electric Power recognizes local businesses, organizations, and individuals that partner with them to preserve the environment and promote sustainability. These are forward-thinking partners who are creative and effective in their approaches to promoting greater sustainability in the Tucson community. We are spotlighting the 2020 award winners for our Go Green Award podcast series. And today we are showcasing our third awardee in this series, the Collaborative Partner Award, Borderlands Brewing Company. Drum roll, please. And with me to do the celebrating is Ayla Kapai, who is the head brewer and director of production at Borderlands. And one of her important missions in life, and I had to mention this, is to empower minorities and women in the craft beer industry. So go, girl. You go, girl. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> so high five for that and a warm welcome, Ayla. It's great to have you here for lots of reasons, including I love Borderlands Brewing, and I did at least in the before times when I used to go out, but there will be the after times, and I love everything that it stands for. So thanks for being here. And for everything you do, and now I want you to tell us a little bit about Borderlands and why you won this Collaborative Partner Award. It's all about you now. Sure, absolutely. Thank you so much, Gina, for hosting. Um, so Borderlands is very fortunate to have received the um, Collaborative Partner Award with TEP. That is because of our participation in the Go Solar Shares program, uh, which we are able to use to power our business with reusable solar energy, uh, which is just so fantastic. Um, and, you know, a little bit about myself. So, you know, I have this big lengthy title. What does that all mean? Um, essentially, my job is to oversee um, all of our beer production, quality control. And um, yeah, you know, as, as you kind of mentioned, I most certainly am an advocate and a mentor for women and minorities in the beer industry. Um, that's something that's very important to me. I really believe in brewing beers for a purpose. Um, so I'm sure we'll get into that later, but... Um, Does that mean you have to do a lot of beer tasting, Ayla? <laughs> <laughs> tasting beer is literally written into my job description. I don't, you know, I, I'm very fortunate. I don't think too many folks are forced to drink beer every day as part of their job. But most certainly that is something that we do. Actually, every single morning that I come in, uh, my job is to taste uh, beers in all of our barrels and our fermentation tanks um, right at the start of the day when my palate is clean so that I can see where the beer is in its fermentation process and make any alterations if I want to change the course of the trajectory of the beer. You know, I found out about a year ago on a rotary site visit about, um, I think it's called Savaya, Savaya coffee. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And right. I didn't know there was the equivalent of a like a sommelier for coffee. I had no idea. So is your job something like that? Because you have to have a discriminating palate because if you're like me, a lot of beers taste a lot alike. And don't get mad at me for saying that. I'm not a big beer drinker. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. So do you have, you have to have a sophisticated palate and did you train yourself? Um, what happened there? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, in our industry, we do have a gold standard. There's a sommelier equivalent called a Cicerone. Um, I don't have all of the certifications for that, um, but my palate has certainly been refined just with experience. Um, so, um, let's see. 
um, at any given point in my job, you know, it, it's one thing to be able to taste beer and say, oh, okay, this is turning out properly or the course of this maybe needs to be changed. But, um, you know, in, in, in addition to sensory analysis, um, you know, I think a lot of a brewer's job is really to troubleshoot to put out fires. Got it. Um, so, and, and Got so it. by yeah. that, and, and, and by that, I mean, there's a difference between knowing the process of, okay, at this time I push this button or I do this. There's a difference between um, knowing the steps and really understanding what you're doing. So knowing, okay, when I use this piece of equipment or I press this button, how is it really going to impact my beer? Um, oftentimes there are critical periods throughout the brew process and even during fermentation where we have to make uh, rapid critical decisions very quickly. And depending on how you react to those situations, that will dictate um, the course of the beer throughout its lifespan. And, you know, certainly that's really something just like developing your palate is really honestly something that just comes with time and experience. Um, I have been brewing commercially now for just over six years. Wow. I mean, it does have to be, the sophistication has to be there. I'm sure of that. And I want to just go back for a second because of I'm really excited about doing these Go Green Awards. I loved it when we could do it in person because there was so much fun when I did the emceeing with um, Dave Hutchins. But I want to talk about, just make one line statement about the program that TEP offers gives businesses an easy and affordable way to go solar with renewable energy produced locally by TEP's large solar arrays. And instead of having to put a huge solar array on your building, you have a way to do something really good for the planet. And you know we have to mention Mike Malozzi, who's a good buddy of mine and doing his very Absolutely. ultimate green thing in Costa Rica. That's right. But he was always pushing what's the next good green thing we could do. So I wanted to add that. So I think that's really important to say for businesses and business owners that might be listening, that it is a program that helps make renewable energy affordable. And TEP is certainly on their game to push these initiatives forward and meet their goals even sooner than they had planned. So I just wanted to make sure I said that. So let me talk to you about, this is a question, I'm not going to talk to you about anything Women and minorities in brewing. What's the intel on that in making beer? Is this another area where women and minorities are yet again underrepresented? <laughs> Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head there. So, you know, what's great is more and more women and minorities are becoming increasingly involved in the craft beer industry. However, when you start breaking that down and looking at the folks who are working back of house in actual production of brewing beer. Um, very few women and minorities, especially minority women like myself um, and our other brewer, Savannah at Borderlands Brewing, um, very few are involved in the actual brewing process. Um, there even fewer are uh, head brewers um, like myself. Um, I, to this day, am still the only female head brewer in Tucson. Um, there are a lot of other female brewers, which is great. Um, but the rates there are very low. So unbeknownst to us in 2018, we actually opened the first all-female run production facility in the state of Arizona. What? Um, yeah, that was, you know, it, <laughs> what? It, 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 it wasn't by design or anything. It was just something that happened very organically, the right people were hired for the job. Um, and really, honestly, one day I looked around and said, you know what? 
I don't think this is normal. I don't, I, I don't think this is representative of the industry as a whole. This is kind of cool. Hey, we should talk about this. And, you know, that then led to the Los Hermanas project, which is something that we completed just over a year ago, where we brewed a beer with other female brewers all throughout Mexico. Um, it was Arizona's first binational all-female collaboration. And, um, we let's see, we we brewed on both sides of the border, had a binational release for the beer, and in turn, the proceeds of the beer were donated back to the community. It, that's amazing. And I used to ring a bell, and I can't find the bell, or I would have rung the bell. And I I want to tell people who may be hearing about Borderlands for the first time, it's a pretty magical place. It's downtown, and there's this huge courtyard which has old trees and picnic tables. So it's like a COVID idea of heaven. And there's families that are there with their kids. And then there's the bar. And then there's a community room where we used to do presentations back in the before times. And I'm sure we'll do them again. There's local art displayed. And and I, I just see this as a, we're pressing pause for a minute on the way world used to be. But Borderlands is... It's a really, it's a real thing. It's, there's always something brewing at Borderlands. I had to kind of get that in. <laughs> Thank just... you. Thank you so much. But you're absolutely right. We, um, our tap room is in this historic um, brick building. We did used to brew um, in the tap room a few years ago. Um, and just a couple years ago, we did move the brewing production facility into a 7,000 square foot warehouse, less than a mile down the street. Um, and yeah, I, I absolutely agree. You know, we are very community oriented and a lot of what I brew, I want to reflect on the Tucson community. So for example, um, I always strive, strive to use local, um, ingredients when possible. We have some very unique beers that you probably can't find throughout the rest of the U S including a prickly pear sorry, prickly pear wheat, um, horchata cream ale. And if you're not from the Southwest, those are probably flavors that you are not familiar with. I agree. And I think that sometimes Kelly, our show producer, should negotiate for some like trade or something that we get <laughs> samples before we go on the show. And I can say horchata with prickly pear. Absolutely. A beer that I really like. And I'm kidding. Oh my gosh. I don't want to get in trouble for saying <laughs> that. But it's just definitely something fun to think about. And to me... What's going on with COVID and your plans for anything new and exciting that's coming up or that you're still continuing to do? How are you adapting to our reality, which still continues? Great question. So as you mentioned before, we are blessed to have a very large outdoor courtyard. Um, but, you know, long story short, Essentially now the tap room is run much like a restaurant. So when you first arrived, your temperature is checked, you're greeted by a host. Um, it, there's a sign seating only, you're not able to order at the bar. Uh, we were shut down for about five months at the start of COVID, um, but still allowed for to-go beer sales, which actually kept us afloat during those five months. Um, and now Borderlands is the third largest producer in Tucson. We are primarily 
a distribution production facility, which means about 80% of what we brew is distributed throughout the state. Um, and so, you know, of course, bars and restaurants were closed, closed and are still closed during this time. Um, however, we do can many of our products and those are available in grocery stores like Sprouts, Trader Joe's, Total Wine. Um, so it's been interesting to see the shift from draft keg sales to um, primarily canning. Most of what we produce goes into cans um, just to accommodate during this new COVID era. So I just want to press pause here on this. And it's, for example, a mutual friend of ours is Mike Peel. <laughs> and he is the uh, Southern Arizona Director for Local First. And he is also the statewide sustainability director for Local First. And most people know this. He talks about it. He and his wife have not been anywhere in public since last March. And I can vouch for that. Um, She has um, very high risk factors and they're staying home. And boy, is he busy. It's Mm -hmm. hard to even get him on the phone. Mm -hmm. But he is a major beer drinker and he drinks cans of beer and he puts it up on the... So I'm sure he's one of them because... Uh, Absolutely. He he figured out and, and... it's funny, the the friends that I make along this journey, if they say, well, let's buy gift cards and we're going to buy it at X. And if it's not a locally owned X, I have this visceral reaction that just comes out of my mouth. I go, what do you mean we're going to buy it? No, no, no. We gotta, you have to support locals. They're the ones that you turn to. And I go <laughs> off like, like a little whirling dervish. And then I say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to react like that. But for the purpose of this show... Borderlands Brewing deserves to have your business. You should order beer from them. They got a proud partner award because they care deeply about the environment. They care about diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I sound like I'm a commercial instead of the host, but you can't buy that. I mean, you can't buy my passion. And I love everything about Borderlands. And I said that in the in the start, and I mean it. It's just a good feeling place to go. And I always look at the artwork and I've bought a couple of pieces, but it's it's not just a bar or a brewery. It's a community. Is that, isn't it? Isn't it really? It is. Thank you, Gina. And, you know, a couple of things that we're very proud of um, when I started my position here with Borderlands about three years ago, I installed a water tracking software um, just because I believe if you brew beer in the desert, you have a responsibility to be mindful of your water consumption. Um, So it's been... um, important to me to start tracking that data. Uh, We started doing that several years ago. We started reducing our uh, beer to water ratio. And turns out um, last year we were recognized by the Arizona Brewers Guild for having some of the lowest um, beer to water ratio in the state of Arizona, unbeknownst to us, just based on the numbers that we were presenting. So um, that's been great. Um, you know, sustainability is a huge core value of Borderlands. And, you know, as an extension of that, I've also been looking at reducing our use of harsh chemicals. Um, so in the industry, we do have gold standard chemicals that we use. Um, part of, you know, honestly, I would say 80% of a brewer's job some days is to clean and sanitize and clean again. Um, and But in that Um, those strict quality controls comes the hidden side of these use of harsh 
and sometimes caustic chemicals. So what I've been doing is trying to look at reducing some of those harsh chemicals without sacrificing the beer quality. And it turns out that when we started doing that over a year ago, we also were using less water because we didn't need as much rinse water to wash those harsh chemicals out. Um, so now the next phase of that project is you know, we have been reusing um, certain gray water for, you know, plant purposes, bringing it back to the tap room. But now we have been looking into seeing, okay, harsh water that normally cannot be used as gray water, maybe there is an alternative use that can we can use to repurpose it instead of just dumping it down the drain. So we are working with the city right now to see, you know, what the uses are for some of these harsh chemical waters. And it turns out that the city is able to use them in road and tar production. So, um, which is just great because then this is something yet again that we can reuse. So this is what I hope. I hope people who listen to this will rewind it and listen again and absorb what you're doing because you you threw a lot in there of really important, impactful things that are helping us have a healthier community and a healthier planet. And I didn't miss one of them, kiddo, because everything you said, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. They're doing that too. So to me, it's like a big, huge thank you. And I give my hats off to TEP because they pick winners. They really do pick collaborative partners and people that are on the journey with them to impact all the things we're doing and create a more sustainable community. So most unfortunately, our time with you is coming to an end, Ayla. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not forever. And we will have a link to your website on the show notes. And a warm, sincere thank you from me to you for all that you shared, for receiving the award, and for all that you do to help support the journey of women and minorities. I could not be happier. Thank you, Gina. It's been such a pleasure sharing this podcast with you. I'm sure our paths will cross. They absolutely will.